Mac and um, Tomsak, and today as our guest is um, my favorite person, Yasha Levine. Uh, he's gonna he's a journalist and uh, author of um, books surveillance Valley but today we're gonna mostly talk about uh, the Netflix original series called uh, Devil Next Door uh, and Yasha gonna be gonna our expert and guide into, <laughs> <laughs> into that series uh, yeah hey hey Yasha hey doing? thanks for having me on Hi. I mean you, hey hey Eileen and I think you uh, I mean Eugenia, you um you uh, left out the most important part of it. I should disclose. We should. You need to do full disclosure here. Yeah, I was about to say we full have full disclosure. Full disclosure. We, this is we. We're in the age of transparency, because you never yes. sh- you never know if you're going to be under the influence of some kind of Russian mm-hmm. operation. So you have to be always transparent <laughs> about who you are. From- <laughs> So it's actually well, I'll like go first. Yasha is my yeah, is my writing comrade from the old exile, Moscow-based exile days, and then American and exiled, and then well, what we both toiled at NSFW for a while. Yeah, so no, and we sadly no longer with us. Yeah. yeah, and we tried to get exiled, the exiled online, the American in, in, version of mm-hmm. of the exile. I remember up and running, and. And you would, you know, you did some great stuff. You you wrote some amazing reviews, and that was a. Oh, remember that? You. Remember that? I was that trying was... to put heart back into everyone. I, I was uh, doing my humble best, but then <laughs> I was very glad that everyone else took over because <laughs> I was trying to do political commentary. Which you know. <laughs> uh. yeah, we were spinning our wheels back then a little bit. Um, yeah, you'd had a rough, you'd had a rough transition. Yeah, yeah from from Russia. Yeah. Was, oh yeah, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. Well. Okay, so and uh, so my disclosure is that we actually and Yasha actually married and sitting in the same yeah. living room <laughs> across from each other. Yeah. So yes, I like that. That's the second full disclosure. That's good. <laughs> well, yeah, but anyway, it doesn't take uh, away from Yasha's expertise. It, there was no nepotism in this. It was it was it was a totally no. transparent bidding process uh, for 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 the, for the guest to appear on this on the show and. I won out just through my through base based solely on merit. Yeah, and also no actually this yeah. application process was rather lengthy. It took Yash over a year to get here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> that just shows we've got rigorous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So no, thanks for having me on. Yeah, obviously I'm excited. To, it's my first time being on here. And hopefully, it won't be the last. Uh, well, oh, of course not. We'll keep writing stuff and doing stuff, so we can have you come back many times. So I'll, I'll yes. do my best. Yeah. So well, and we yeah. should talk about your your newsletter. You know, immigrant is a weapon, which I'm assuming is you know the main the main way we're connecting what you're doing with what the with, with the, the show. Next door. Oh yeah, with the, with, the, with the yeah with this documentary series that came out about the Ukrainian Nazi and um, where the hell was he from? In Cleveland, Ohio? Where is Cleveland. he? Yeah, yes. he Cleveland. Yeah, he was living in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was in, in Cleveland, yes. The Nazi Ukrainian SS guard and living in Cleveland. Uh, well, yeah, so uh, my, my newsletter, just very quickly, is just I started a few months ago, is um, an attempt to, uh, um, you know, re- reconnect my own kind of immigrant identity and my own Soviet Jewish immigrant identity in the way that we, we uh, as a group, were um, kind of weaponized in the Cold War. Weaponized by America uh, in the, uh, as a way to discredit the Soviet Union and uh, by highlighting the, kind of the 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 bad ways in which the Soviet Union was treating some of its Jews and and so um, and I you know that was always a part of my identity I knew that was that was that's why we came to America you know we were refugees we were treated poorly in Soviet Union so we ended up in America but I never really understood that it connected to a much larger kind of Cold War 
uh, project to weaponize nationalism, to weaponize nationalist identity within various groups, ethnic groups within the Soviet Union, and to use that as a way of destabilizing the Soviet Union. And so the Soviet Jews are like one aspect of it, but then of course, um, Ukrainian nationalists and Ukrainian fa fascist movements uh, within the Soviet Union were also weaponized. Um, and various nationalities, especially national and nationalist movements that emerged sort of in the uh, interwar period in Europe um, that then became sort of absorbed into the Soviet Union were very, very consciously used and weaponized by the American um, sort of, I don't know, like uh, national security apparatus and the CIA and the intelligence agencies like that to foment these movements and to try to inject, try to, uh, whip up that ideology and to try to inject that back into the Soviet Union as a way of breaking up this kind of internationalist, you know, solidarity between the different groups and undermining Soviet power. Um, and so, for me, you know, the the this the series um, is an aspect of that program because we're talking we're looking at a Ukrainian Nazi collaborator who had come to America and lived. Uh, several, you know, 30 years or more, over more, 30, 30 years in, in a Ukrainian community. Um, and somehow this guy just slipped through the cracks and was allowed to live here uh, in America. And he's not the only one. I mean, there's thousands of various Nazis and Nazi collaborators that were given a new lease on life in America. Um, and so there's a connection between, you know, this is sort of the rescuing of Soviet Jews. Um, to destabilize the Soviet Union and also rescuing Nazis and Nazi collaborators to undermine the Soviet Union. And they're part of this one program, so it's a bit weird and schizophrenic, but that's why I'm interested in it. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they do cover, it's very late in the series, it might even be the, the last, there's, it's, there's five episodes, it might even be the last one where they finally talk about that issue, that how many Nazis were... <laughs> you know, just streamed into the United States and were, and were hardly being tracked at all. <laughs> they were just brought in. And, and there's also, you know, a very late commentary by someone from the Ford factory yeah. where, where, um, where our guy, I know I'm going to mess up his name 50 times, um, Demyanyuk. Yeah, you yeah, got it right. Ivan Demyanyuk, um, yeah. Demyanyuk. Yes, was, um, who changed his name to John when he, when he came to the United States, was working and he says these very cryptic, elliptical things about these shadowy figures. <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> who, very he weird. He said they would literally go sit in the shadows at lunchtime and they were mostly Ukrainians. And the guy doesn't come right out, really come right out and say, what's all this shadowiness? There's a lot of... Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, kind of not saying directly or not connecting the dots. No, exactly, um, exactly, and and that's in the documentary. Yeah, and it's it was very uh, frustrating, unsatisfying, completely. Yeah, it's, I, a, yeah. it's a very unsatisfying documentary because it spends all this time with this kind of um, you know like almost like a procedural, uh, or like mm -hmm. they try to do this court drama, right? It's a courtroom drama. Is basically what the documentary is, right? I mean, that's kind of the like the, who done it. Yeah, and it's, and it's focused on like the court, mm -hmm. the court case, right? Because that was like that's the where they had all the material from, from the from mm -hmm. because this guy maybe we should lay out like the quick summary of the of, yes, of, of the. So basically, what happened is this guy uh, comes. There's this guy you know living and working in a Ford plant, living in uh, Cleveland, and um, it, and in the '70s there was uh, like uh, America really first started after a lot of outcry from actually like exposés by journalists, but also um, Jewish groups in America began to be prodded into maybe looking into all maybe these Nazis that might may or may not exist in America uh, and in the 70s. And, and, and this, um, this guy named uh, 
John Demjanjuk, Ivan Demjanjuk, was sort of outed as a potential Nazi, and the the, the Immigration uh, Sir, Naturalization Service, INS, started sort of looking into him. Is he like a real Nazi? Is he not? And they, they started investigating him. And the investigation showed that, yeah, he was uh, very likely a um, a collaborator of some kind. Um, he was identified even by... Even more, they thought he, he might be the notorious, quote-unquote, Ivan the Terrible, the prison guard of Treblinka, who was even among... among He was a sadist, sadist. He was beyond belief cruel. Exactly. He was like... The, so so yeah exactly so they showed this guy's picture to some survivors of this mm-hmm. camp and they um, and they outed him as as this guy Ivan the Terrible who was this mm-hmm. he had like this monstrous figure in sort of the, the uh, in for for survivors i mean he's like a well-known monster of this of this extermination camp Treblinka in Poland where almost a million uh, Jews were murdered um so it was like just a straight up you know an, uh, just an extermination camp where um a train would arrive, all the people would be unloaded and basically just rushed into uh, these um, chambers, gas chambers, early crude gas chambers that were powered by these, basically, uh, it was you, by these diesel ag- agent, uh, diesel engines that would, you know, uh, fill up with the smoke and would just, mm-hmm. uh, people would suffocate to death. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so he was one of these guys that worked to, to, ra- to basically push all these Jews uh, into this ch- chamber and to turn on the chamber and to run, and to run this engine that killed them all. And he, and was, he would slash and hack them, cut the breasts off women. You know, exactly. He would be a very... bayonet people who were resisting. And, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, and he was very... And he liked his job too, a little too much, this guy, Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, the, so, yeah, exactly. So, so he, uh, in America, uh, it was... Okay, they're saying, okay, this is the guy. So they tried... They, 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 they brought a case against him that he, that he lied... Um, on his uh, immigration forms, that he had, he was actually a, you know a Nazi collaborator, um, and he was de- deported to to Israel, and um, in Israel, sort of that's where most of the most of the action takes place in the show. It's in Israel. He was charged in this kind of big you know uh, nationally televised trial, like almost almost like a political show trial, um, mm-hmm. and he was convicted. Uh, but there's uh, but in this case, like. What this sh- what the show does is it always brings in these sort of like other versions of what might have happened or what, what is the what is the truth because ultimately the uh, conviction and the Israeli conviction is overturned by the Israeli Supreme Court and he's allowed to go free, right? And he's allowed to go back to America um, after all these years, basically. Um, in the, in, wrapped up in the scandal, and so yeah. But what's interesting, like uh, basically, if if it was true, and the series seemed to support that idea, is that all those survivors, not many of them, in tr- who survived Treblinka and then were testifying against him, they basically they've had false memories. They got they got it wrong. And the series is interesting. If you I didn't watch all the episodes, but like half of it, most of it is that it actually doesn't show survivors in a very like sympathetic light um and because yeah what you remember is the the cross-examination that undercuts at least two of the survivor testimony i think there's only Mm -hmm. three or four yeah and one of them is basically seems to be revealing that he's got dementia and and actually can't remember it's pretty brutal very basic it's real really brutal um, so that positive ID um, is is undercut, and then the other one is actually even harder. Is in a way very hard to watch as well because it's someone who's vociferously um, insisting that absolutely that's Ivan the Terrible. And he 
has um, Demyanyuk take off his glasses so he can look into his eyes and then makes this huge dramatic ID. And then there, it's revealed that in in the in somewhere in the in the forties, this guy had had put into written documentation that I he he witnessed Ivan the Terrible being executed and that he actually somehow took even took part in this. So of course they charged him with that. You you claim yeah. you were an eyewitness to his death, and he's like, well, obviously he didn't die because here he is, you know. But it it really. It's it's really hard to watch because later in the you know in the show you've got people who are involved in the case saying but why why don't we take as for many Israelis just the survivor testimony that should be enough and right? it's the prosecutors making mm-hmm. that making that claim of the American prosecutors that first were prosecuting him and right and 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 mm-hmm. and basically. Uh, kicked him out of the country and stripped him of his citizenship. No, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's an interesting. It's like it's an interesting. It's an interesting, obviously, it's a great topic, you know, uh, very rich. And, it's and, super engrossing, even if it's maddening. And the, and, and the, <laughs> and the trial matter. scenes, right? I mean, the, the, the real, yeah. like, footage, the news footage from the trial is pretty incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, and it, but, but it's ultimately because it lacks, it doesn't put things into historical context. Uh, and, it always, mm-hmm. and, it, and it does try to game this kind of, like, oh, what'll hap- what happens next? What happens next? It, it always tries to keep you on the edge yes. of its seat. And it tries to create these characters... Out of uh, you know, like the the, the 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 scummy lawyer, the scummy attorney mm-hmm. who is the, who is the defense attorney in Israel, who just is right. basically a, like a pretty cool character who drives a Porsche, drives in a, you know German car just to annoy people, right in Israel, and um, while wearing yeah, huge Megan Dallas, yeah, showboater. It was, he's, yeah, he's like he's like the ambulance chaser kind of guy, right? Just who's yeah. he? Yeah. yeah, he's a really a, a disgusting character, actually. You know, he's he's a vile guy. I mean, he's just a, mm-hmm. just he. But just, he's enjoying being vile, so, and and he's you know. elevated to like he's kind of the, supposed to be the most sympathetic character because he's the one that supposedly got it right, right? He's the guy that's, you know, he he was attacked, he was had acid thrown in his face because he was in Israel, he was extremely unpopular because he's defending a Nazi, you know, a mass murderer, the guy that's supposed to be like this, mo- you know, this epic monster, mm-hmm. uh, and he's defending him, and he's making a lot of money off of him because I know that in America. Uh, because he, you know, the Demianyu case, you know, there are a lot of, there's a big, big, big emigre, immigrant community, uh, Ukrainian uh, in America, spread out all the, uh, through a lot of different cities. Um, and, you know, a lot of them, actually, when you drill down into it, they are in one way or another connected to some kind of Nazi collaborator activity, because the, the only way that they were able to end up here was that they ended up in uh, displaced persons camps uh, right after the war. I mean, they were basically helping Germany administer the occupied territory. So in Poland and Ukraine, um, and they were, you know, some of them ran newspapers, some of them were in the sort of Waffen-SS divisions or, you know, uh, auxiliary police battalions. Some of them were poli- in, you know, local police departments in, in cities um, in, in, that were, you know, in, in, in occupied territories. Um, and so when the Soviet Union really started to advance uh, and, and the war turned, a lot of these people um, retreated with the, with the Nazi, with the, with, the Nazi, with the German army. And they retreated to Germany uh, and to Italy, and they ended up in, the, in, in refugee camps or displaced persons camps in Western uh, Europe at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. And they lived there, some of them lived there for a couple of years, like for instance, uh, John Dimyanyuk or Ivan Dimyanyuk. He um, lived uh, until 1950, I think he, was, he came to America finally in like 1951. Um, and so he lived in these, in these, in these camps in, for, for a number of years because they didn't really have anywhere to go. 
and America didn't actually want to take them, and only really opened up its border, uh, opened up borders uh, to these displaced persons, like in 1948. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, in this law that exclusively, actually specifically excluded Jews, so it, it, there was a 1948 immigration bill uh, in America that specifically excluded taking Jewish survivors of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, but welcomed, but welcomed, yes, but welcomed Nazi collaborators, <laughs> and yes, well, and, and, and so several hundred thousand um, sort of uh, Ukrainians, uh, people from the Baltics, so like Lithuania, Estonia, uh, Latvia, uh, people from the Balkans, so several hundred people, and a lot of them. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them, and there were also families. So it's like you know, it's not clear, but but a lot of them were involved in one way or shape or form with. Nazis, um, or were part of sort of local fascist movements and were complicit in war crimes, complicit in mass murder, complicit in just working for the Nazis. And so there's a huge community of these people from all over Europe and from over the Balkans in America. And so whenever a person like, uh, you know, whenever one of their own was fingered by the immigration uh, authorities, right, and was going to be deported, they rallied around him and, you know, and collected a bunch of money for his defense. So I think that in the initial deportation trial um, against uh, Demianyuk, uh, over $2 million were raised from this community. Mm-hmm. Just to, for the defense? Yeah, case? for the defense. And so there's like, yeah, and so, um, and in fact, one of his, in the movie, you meet one of these guys, uh, so one, he has like two attorneys, like the Israeli attorney and the American attorney, right? There's this guy, mm-hmm. and they had like a falling out. Basically, the Israeli mm-hmm. attorney kicked out the American attorney and took all the money. You know, that was the... Right. <laughs> and that Ameri- an Irish-American named O'Connor, and then, and then they revealed that his father was prominent in, like, white supremacist circles. Exactly, and, like, even yeah. might have played a hand in, in the crafting of this law. Uh, the, 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 and so, yeah, so there's... It's pretty interesting, but it, it only... The, 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 the most frustrating thing about the series is that it never goes in that direction, right? It doesn't even... No, no it keeps never. hinting around, <laughs> but it doesn't... Yeah. Doesn't connect the dots. Yes. Yeah, I guess. And if you. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to quickly say that, you know, there's I've only read one chapter of the book by Lawrence Douglas. They they, they cite for the series and they interview him several times. He's a legal scholar. It's called The Right Wrong Man about the Demyon case. And he makes clear some of the things that get weirdly effaced. And you wonder why in the in the documentary. And one of them is things like. You know, um, uh, Demyanyuk was in the Red Army. He'd been conscripted into the Soviet Army. And that's how he wound up a prisoner in the prison camp in, in the first place in, in, I guess, Sobibor is where he ultimately will get to that. Um, but that, you know, Douglas makes very explicit. He says, well, the reason he was chosen, the reason many, especially Eastern Europeans, were chosen to go from prisoner to guard, to get trained to be guards and cooperate with the, you know, the Nazi death machine was because they were, quote, um, reliably anti-Semitic. Um, so he makes more of there's these aspects of the Demyanyuk case that you can keep linking. Like there's a moment in the documentary where someone says, well, it's regrettable that I think it's the son-in-law of the Demyanyuk family wound up, you know, kind of getting money from and, you know, uh, you know, white supremacist circles, but they don't really do anything more than that. No, no. Wondering about like, well, who and why don't you tell us more about this? It seems important, but they, it's all very 
No. All very sketchy. Yeah, and like the main, actually just reminded me that one of the main funders of his defense is this, uh, I think real estate, like, uh, you know, rich guy from from Cleveland who was this real estate agent or had like a real estate empire, local real estate empire. He gave, and he's, He's linked to all these Holocaust deniers and he rolls in these mm-hmm. white supremacist circles. So I mean, the main guy who's funding, the main rich guy bankrolling the defense is basically a, a Nazi, you know, an American right. Nazi. And so, yeah, they don't get into that at all. And of course, I mean, mm-hmm. that history of, that history of, it's a pretty interesting history because it's so murky, right? I mean, that's what, mm-hmm. because it's like, you can't really fault. Okay, it's like, you're just trying to survive, you know, in that inner, in that interwar period with, you know, World War One, then the revolution, you know, uh, then the civil war surrounding the revolution, uh, the Bolshevik revolution, then, you know, just a few decades later, the World War Two, right? I mean, that whole mm-hmm. region has like had like armies sweep back and forth, I mean, not almost nonstop right. um, for, you know, two generations. And so, like, you know, your people are just survive. People survive there however they can, you know. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, and he's interesting, this uh, Ivan Demyanyuk, because he was, you know, he's just a, like a Ukrainian peasant from central Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And when he was young, he, jo- he joined the Komsomol, so, which is the youth, uh, the youth wing of the Communist Party. And mm-hmm. you join the Komsomol to, to basically to go... You, you, career kind Yeah, it's, it's a career a thing career if you're ambitious, choice. right? I mean, m- most people from... Actually, a lot of the oligarchs, in Russian oligarchs, Came out of the Komsomol, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so like, and it was just it's it's a it's a direct pathway to the sort of Communist Party elite. So you kind of get advanced. And so so this guy joined the Komsomol. You know, it's a very ideological organization. You know, like mm-hmm. so it's like not everyone joins it. Yeah, but then a lot of people who are just pure careerists did join it out of those considerations. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. It's yeah, you 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 have to kind of do that if you want if you want to have a career. Yeah. And so you know, and then he gets captured by the by the the Germans in 1941, mm-hmm. I think, uh, in the battle in Crimea. And so, you know, so then he immediately, you know, basically he's a survivor. So he goes, yeah. and I'm not sure he believes any of this stuff. And I'm sure he's anti-Semitic. It's not a very, it's not a very unique thing to, to be anti to be an anti-Semitic Ukrainian in, in Ukraine. Um, and so he was obviously chosen because of his, you know, his, his willingness. I know that, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's been some history done on this. It's like, you're not really, you might be conscripted to fight, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not forced into the extermination work because that is a particular right. kind of work and not everybody can handle it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, just to kill people, you know, by the tens of thousands or sometimes hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands and to see that. That's, you know, not everyone can handle it. So it actually, it was selected. And so if you, di- if you didn't do that work, if you said, no, I'd rather not do that or if you showed, you know, an unwillingness to do that work, it wasn't like you were going to get shot. You're just going to get transferred over to some other, to some other job. And so the fact that he's, the fact that Ivan Demyanyuk was at Sobibor and was at these other uh, uh, extermination camps I mean, that is a, for a fact. There's a lot of documentation that he was s- served as a guard in these uh, concentration camps and specifically extermination camps. The fact that he was there, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. meant that he, yeah, meant he that was he was willing. Yeah. He was like, willing. So basically, self selection, yeah. Yeah, he was willing. Yes, and that doesn't come out in the documentary at all, but, you know, Lawrence Douglas dwells on that. That's a huge thing that historians unearth to challenge. You know, there's a Demyanyuk uh, gets retried in Germany ultimately and, and convicted and then dies during the appeal of, of the of being not Ivan the Terrible, but, you know, a, a, an SS guard at Sobibor. Um, and one of the things they they change, you know, so Lawrence Douglas, what's interesting is they don't even really follow the Lawrence Douglas through line. The reason that the emphasis is on the trial seems like they're trying to kind of follow his material. But what he cares about the Demyanyuk case is 
the way it affected the 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 law and the methods of prosecuting these cases after what's perceived as the failure of the first trial of Demyanyuk. They decide to import historians, <laughs> and they also change like attitudes toward the law. They're like, you know, we've got to grapple with the enormity of these mass atrocities. They go way beyond ordinary crime. So you start to get this idea that it's beyond just a trial. It's this has got to be a historical document and a historical lesson. But after the first trial, trial is perceived to fail, especially based on eyewitness on witness testimony. They bring in historians who advocate, make it document-centered, not witness-centered. And these historians fan out and do massive amounts of research, and they uncover things that are exactly what you're saying, Yasha. Things like, actually, there weren't huge penalties <laughs> for opting out. You know, But what one of the big defenses you could mount, and it got some SS officers off the hook, acquitted in the 60s, you could always claim what they called putative necessity. You could say you know, on pain of death, I had to do this. But then they had these historians who looked into this and there was, they, they couldn't find, they could pretty much not find anyone who was killed for saying, I just don't want to, I don't want to be part of the machine. They'd get, as you say, reassigned. It might not be very pleasant and it certainly wasn't a great career move, but nobody was put to death. Nobody was imprisoned. I think one person was sent, one officer was sent to the front. You know, if you follow Colonel Clink and Hogan's Heroes logic, you know, the Russian front, that's the worst, you know, thing of all. But it sounds like, no, there wasn't this huge penalty. So it helped them move away from that putative necessity. They decide even if um, Demyanyuk isn't um, what? He is, doesn't have to be Ivan the Terrible. No, he, he doesn't. I mean, yeah, yeah, guard yeah. At Sobibor, I mean, the, the who's part of the death machine. Well, the truth is, uh, Yash probably knows way more than, than us about it. I know nothing. The, no, nothing. No, no, I admit no. nothing. The, the, the whole idea of this um, kind of Eastern European under the Nazi occupation, Poland, mm. uh, what else? Even like Baltic states, not, whatever, a bunch of Eastern Europe, basically. Everything is from Russia and before mm. Germany. Uh, a lot of them actually almost, first of all, were anti-Semitic and almost like started killing their own Jews before Nazis fully kind of <laughs> took, took over their territory. Right. So, and, 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 you know, and wanted to proceed with that. So, and that history was semi kind of not eliminated, but like basically there are like just traces of it here and there, but clearly there was a lot of effort after the second world war to erase it and just to pretend to be the victims just like Soviet Union or I don't know, just like basically being under occupation um, and not being an active participant mm -hmm. in the in the Holocaust. And it kind of seems like Demi Demianuk and all the stories fall into that category. And again, the series, actually, I feel it's such a weak documentary, almost AI made <laughs> show that it d doesn't really give any context to cover any real historical grounds around the case, which, which makes it just yeah, it's like an oh, yeah, it's, like it's made by algorithm waste. or something. Yeah, the, yeah, the, just the, like it's like well, it, and yeah. it interested me that it didn't, it didn't, it didn't cover what we what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. I I kept thinking they're gonna get to it. They're building they some big human, and then they don't. But they don't even do what I'm, I'm sure Lawrence Douglas probably wasn't any too happy because they don't really make the points that he's making about why this is a landmark trial. 
they then use the model that they've they've established with Demyanyuk and go and and prosecute other SS guards yeah. successfully. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it interesting. It's yeah. this huge sea change. No, it's interesting. It's a very and, good point that you bring up. Yeah, that actually was like a successful. It, it, he was actually. It's more. It's bigger than him. It's actually the whole yeah. way that you approach uh, trying these cases uh, changed because of this case. Changes. Yeah. But so that that's where it gets really interesting. If they're not going to do the Douglas thing, yeah. and they're not going to really connect the dots we're talking about. What the hell are they doing? I'm, what are they doing? I, you know, well, I, I think mean, what's all that? Yeah. Are they legal? Do they have legal fears of saying something about the family? I mean, what the hell? I don't. You know, I think I'll tell you this. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, so this is just going to be my my own kind of uh, reading reading into it because okay, so this is it's an Israeli filmmakers made this right. So it's an Israeli mm-hmm. production. I mean, the the centerpiece of the documentary is the court case, right? So it's an, it happens in Israel. It was a huge mm-hmm. deal, I think, for people you know growing up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these they seem like pretty young guys. They made this documentary series. They're like, you know, the, no, 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 that's, oh, that's different. That's one no, guy th- one of the guys is part of this duo, uh, husband and wife, pretty uh, young, making general documentaries about Israel and Palestine, I think. But this documentary is made by the younger guy and then the older guy, I think, uh, in his fifties, uh, who probably is more. You but know, it makes sense because it was a huge deal for the. For, so if you're in the nineties, it was like a huge. It was like mm-hmm. an. It was like the Eichmann trial. You know, they tried to redo. I mean, Israel did this. Poli- they conceived of this trial of, of uh, Demyanyuk as like a political show trial to basically mm-hmm. to show up, you know, the, um, Jewish victimhood, right? Again, mm-hmm. to say like, look, you know, to, to bring up the memory of the Holocaust, not for propaganda purposes, you know, to show that, you know, this is why Israel is important because mm-hmm. it's the only safe haven for Jews. Look mm-hmm. at, you know, look at what is, was done to us, you know, when we didn't have our own country, Right. Uh, when we didn't have our own like fortress to run to. I mean, that's basically the, so it was politicized, um, you know, from the beginning. And I think these, the filmmakers, I mean, they're kind of like, they seem to be not like, you know, anti-Zionist or something, but they're somewhat critical of, seem to be kind of like somewhat critical. I mean, just, just looking at the, at the, the titles. Oh, the Holocaust industry. Yeah, they're just, you, you, you know, they're critical of their own country, essentially. And so they're using it. And so they, by default, they're immediately, um, um, you know, like siding with like Demyanyuk and his, and his family, you know, like and kind of because they kind of p- take they paint him as the victim here. You know, I mean, they, they, they take a, they do a lot of work to introduce this ambiguity. Right. And to really um, and to 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 show that, you know, how how like how unfair everything was against him, you know, and, and, and they're and they're right. But then they kind of by doing that, they 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 actually go too far almost and, and try to exonerate him. Um you know, without actually saying it, but the way that they cut it together, the way that, you know, the people who they used to, you know, defend him and the sort of the, the, um, I mean, the prominence they give to his family, right? And to these sort of sappy, slow motion sort of tracking shots of his like grandkids walking in Cleveland somewhere, yeah, you know, like, like horrible like drone shots. sentimental music. Yes. I mean, they, they, yeah, and a very, just very gloves off the family almost entirely, except for like periodically there are hints like, like when it's clear they've got the footage to prove that, when they're going to arrest him for the for the second deportation and trial in Germany, he comes out in a wheelchair pretending to be, you know, like completely infirm, but they've got footage. They've been tracking him and watching him and they've got footage of him up walking around and his wife is clearly colluding and all that jazz. And they also have a kind of, they're trying to, that's again, one of those, you know, elliptical, supposedly haunting things, but you have to make what you will of it, where, you know, you've got that, that family friend, I guess, or relative or family friend who's like, you know, I totally don't believe it, but, you know, 
you know, he's an old man. So the implication is what and what harm would it even do? What threat is he to the community? So it almost slides over into, okay, let's say he did do it. You know, this is cruel and unusual. It, it starts to do a kind of defense of, but this is an old man who isn't a threat to anyone. And But you only get these tiny moments of like, oh, maybe they actually really do think he, he's done this. And they're just saying this is cruel and unusual punishment because lots of years have gone by or something. No, but totally, it's so yeah. not stressed. These are tiny moments toward the end. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, they 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 don't go. I mean, the most interesting part is is sort of is yeah. They don't go. They don't explore the most interesting parts. And the uh, mm-hmm. do you remember this? Um, what's that documentary about? This it's a, it's, a, it's an Israeli filmmaker, and he made this documentary about the Holocaust industry, and he and takes these trips to um, Auschwitz, you know, and takes these trips with with Israeli youth that kind of go there. Oh, that's right. The young, the kind of the younger guy. Um, he made something new recently, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I can't He's remember prolific, the name. But he made this very like uh, controversial documentary that criticized Israel's Holocaust industry. You know, as he called it, like mm. basically this this it, basically creating an industry out of Holocaust remembrance and you know right. uh, cramming down, jamming down like young young people's throats in Israel. You know about how the Holocaust and and basically. You know, as a way of, like I was saying, as a way of uh, sh- shoring up sort of the Zionist idea, right? And, and mm-hmm. this is sort of the Isra- Israeli project and the Zionist project that we need Israel. Defamation. Because, look, it's called defamation. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. There is an interesting film, yeah. And, but what he does, mm-hmm. what he ends up doing, and, he, and he's very critical of the Anti-Defamation League. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of this, like, you know, a big organization um, in, in America, a very Zionist organization. But what he ends up doing there, it's pretty interesting because I didn't even remember it while watching it, but I rewatched the part of it. He ends up siding with Ukrainian Nazis, basically, in, in criticizing the is this the politicization of holocaust memory in israel which is actually oh, wow. a very valid you know it's actually a very valid uh-huh. topic because it is pretty cynical um uh-huh. to do that you know to basically you know use the holocaust as a way of shoring up zionism right as, and also use mm-hmm. demented people as trial witnesses it is pretty cynical yes exactly use demented, yeah yes and think it's, about it exactly it's almost like joe biden's campaign you know it's like putting <laughs> elder abuse uh, yes it's elder abuse it is and so you use these you know holocaust survivors and you kind of whip them take them out into the public and whip you know hold them up uh, to make your point to make your big sort of political mm-hmm. point why zionism is important but what he ended up doing is that because he was criticizing the sort of the Zionist sort of, you know, Holocaust industry and also, you, you know, Ukrainian Nazi and Nazi sort and so of. Were they. So were they. So, so he actually completely um, <laughs> wow. like, you know, they were on the same team and he totally whitewashed them. And there was a, actually a segment where he totally gives them a platform to, to, to you know, to, to to attack ADL. And because uh-huh. ADL or the Anti-Defamation League was criticizing the Ukrainian government for. Um, you know, the government was like basically officially honoring these um, Ukrainian fascist leaders and uh, Ukrainian Nazi collaborators, um, mm-hmm. you know, honoring them as part of the, uh, the the government was honoring them. So ADL was criti- criticized the government. So obviously the Ukrainian Nazis were criticizing ADL and, you know, and he was criticizing ADL. So he was on the same side as the Ukrainian Nazis. And so I, I feel like in this documentary, something similar is going on where they kind of, mm-hmm. they're maybe kind of sick of this, of the, of the, of the, of the propaganda of their own society. And so they end up mm-hmm. taking the side or, or become very um, sympathetic to, or I, you know, I, yeah. or at the very least they switch sides so often in trying to keep the suspense going. Mm. And by the end, everything is so murky. And yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. You know, it de- sort of depends on how you remember him. Do you remember him as the old man who's literally in a prison cell 
um, next to the gallows they're building. So clearly that they can force him to listen to the, you know, yeah. them erecting the gallows that they're going to hang him from. <laughs> is that who you remember? Or is it his kind of creepy and bizarre, you know, inappropriate laughter and smiles and, you know, all of this kind of hugely unconvincing stuff and all of the very strong implications that the family has is enmeshed in perhaps white supremacy and you know you don't know how much of the community is involved there's just tiny hints and you don't know what to make of it but i don't know eileen did you think if you watched throughout the series um mm. it, it's actually the more the moral ambiguity is not what bothered mm. me about the series if it was done properly with a historical context because this topic is morally ambiguous it's fine it doesn't have to be mm. like clear some kind of clear lines clear cut but it, it just so poorly again like almost algorithmically made that it almost by the end of it you're just confused and satisfied and um generally kind of almost like not informed enough about what the hell is is that story in the bigger you know just in the bigger context i totally agree with that and that's why you get those long the, the the really long cryptic speeches that are evocative, but you're not really sure what people are saying or saved for the end. It's like it's really designed that way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. to leave you with and points to ponder, but you're not sure which one's kind of kind of thing. I mean, literally that last speech, I was just boggled, you know, about all these Ford factory. I'm, I was like, that was weird. That was weird. That Ford factory. Pati- are you yeah, trying to say that? Yeah, that was the boss of Van That was like his foreman think, or something, foreman, right? Yeah, yeah his foreman yeah. in his like in his like Ford truck. Looking at yeah. you know the closed factory. And of course, factory. we know the we know the <laughs> reputation of Henry Ford. Yeah. Are you trying to make some sort of implication that they were exceptionally Nazi? Fr- are you trying to say that all these Ukrainians who were being shadowy <laughs> are <laughs> were are are all ex Nazis? You just didn't know. And he, but they he had a very ponderous presentation, like hmm, and then you just were left God. To what you would have it. No, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 let me let me introduce quickly. I, I read an article mm-hmm. in Haaretz um, about the film, and um, the filmmakers oh, yeah. were interviewed there. Actually, the older uh, of the duo is um, second generation Holocaust survivor. His mother, I think, was in Warsaw, uh, ghetto, and all that. But mm-hmm. the younger one seemed to be a bit more, like, sort of more natural, I guess. And he has all these ideas about documentary filmmaking. And I'll mm-hmm. quote him. He says, "The biggest insult that anyone can give a documentary is to say that it is very interesting." I hate that word. <laughs> I hate that word i don't think documentaries should be interesting i think documentaries should be a punch in the stomach that should make you laugh or make you cry that's the power of cinema and that's the big difference between a good essay article or book and a documentary documentaries should be visceral i'm like and i was thinking my friend you failed <laughs> right because that's exactly what i said about it it's it's really interesting or it's engrossing or something because that, that was the first two episodes or something i watched oh that's so funny yeah no, it's funny so he's like failed on both fronts Completely. he it, it yeah. was a gut to the pu- a punch to the gut a gut to the punch it was more like a gut to the punch actually yeah <laughs> that's what it was yeah and, and totally non-informative confusing Completely. and uh, you know what yeah. I, I just want i want to make a comment here before i forget because i you know it's mm. hard for me to keep thoughts in my head but it's just that the, the, what's you know watching this thing you know i realize it's like okay well it What's interesting about this case of Demyanyuk is, you know, he's he might be a horrible person. He might have personally killed people, um, mm-hmm. you know, as a guard in 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 Sobibor and in all these mm-hmm. other concentration camps because he was moved around. But he's ultimately just this. He's a nobody, you know. Ultimately, he's just one uh, one guy. He could be replaced by anybody else. He was a nobody. He wasn't even an important person in the movement. He wasn't like. 
he was just a, uh, he wasn't even a particularly, you know, he wasn't even a Ukrainian nationalist in the sense that like, um, you know, part of these uh, like mo- movements that were actually existed in Ukraine that were, you know, fascist movements that actually w- were very much like, uh, you know, Nazi inspired. I mean, he wanted to create a kind of a Nazi society in Ukraine. I mean, he, he wasn't that. He was just a, mm-hmm. some peasant kid who got, you know, he, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he got caught by the Germans and then he survived, you know. Uh, and so, but in America, there are so many more, much more important and much more kind of fucked up people, you know, personalities, uh, leaders of fascist movements um, that don't, aren't talked about, aren't deported in this way, right? Mm-hmm. Are actually allowed to live out their lives completely, um, you know, in, in, uh, in a bit, we're basically given a new, a new chance at life in America and we're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, held prestigious positions in their communities. Uh, you know, of course, the most, like, the most obvious is Warner Von Braun, right? right. Like the rocket scientist, rocket scientist yeah. you know, who was mm-hmm. hanging yes, out with Walt Disney right. and like making Disney movies about the, you know, the rocket space program mm-hmm. and hanging out with all the presidents. I mean, this guy is worse than Dimyanyuk, mm-hmm. you know, in all these different ways. I mean, this, and this is just, and so this is a guy who is allowed to the, given access to the top, you know, to the, to the most elite um, layers of society. And, you know, he is at the mm-hmm. very, very top of American society. He's like an almost an aristocrat. Um, But could you then elaborate more? Because he wasn't, I think, uh, Warren for Brown was not part of um, Operation Paperclip, right? He was. He uh, was exactly part of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and like 16 other, almost 2,000 or 1,600 other scientists were brought, Nazi scientists were brought over here. And a lot of them, You know, I mean, and and one of his, one of the, um, I can't remember his name now. It's Strugart, I think. Strugart, something Strugart. You know, he was about to go, he was very likely, gonna, you know, going to be uh, put on trial in Nuremberg trials. But he was like, you know, at the last moment snatched away, disappeared essentially. And then ended up, you know, popped up again in America as this, mm-hmm. uh, as this celebrated um, scientist who developed actually a lot of the stuff that went into NASA. He developed a lot of the ways that you keep people alive while in space or at, at high altitudes. And, and he, all those experiments were conducted on Jews, you know, um, uh, and various other prisoners, prisoners of war while he was a Nazi scientist. And they, there was even, you know, one of the most prestigious medals in uh, science was named after him. And it was only recently that it was canceled. I mean, so, <laughs> so you have the stuff... That's where you. That's where I thought the it was gonna go. You know, it was gonna use the yeah. trial and, and as a way of looking at this weird, dark history of of what. How did this guy end up in America? Why was you know who are the other who are the people who are supporting him? Who are mm-hmm. what is this larger political context of this? And well, just, yeah, and especially the second trial. Why go back? It's so extreme. You know, he went through that hugely long. It's super important, all eyes on it, trial in Israel. He winds up being acquitted. There's tremendous bitterness, but then he's allowed to come back to the United States, live a number more years quietly. And then it's it's also sketchy on that. And, and sketchy on what is the why, big yeah, impulse exactly. behind getting someone that they now know is not the spectacularly monstrous Ivan the Terrible, just but mildly. it's just some guard. <laughs> yes. Some guard at Sobibor that, in fact, they can't find a single eyewitness of the very few who are left Yeah. to... Who can place him there because he was so unmemorable. Yeah, totally. I mean, and yeah, exactly. And so yeah. it's just, it's it, yeah, it tries to be this procedural courtroom drama, I guess. Yeah. And then it fails at that because it just, it doesn't, you, in, in the end, you never really, there isn't like a reveal, you know? Um, there isn't yeah. like, there isn't even a rewarding conclusion. And, and, the, and, the, and what, but because it is murky, but what gives it substance, I think, is the political context. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that doesn't go in there. I mean, it's like the, literally the last 10 minutes of the series is devoted to this rapid fire, like, you know, all yes, these people very, saying, oh, yeah, there's all these Nazis in America. Oh, you know, <laughs> okay, uh, what? Like, why? Right? Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bummer because they really screwed up what it was a, potentially a very good um, documentary. But then it would make, make it way more radical. I don't know if I know, would it be in that like Netflix series? I don't know. It sounds then a bit, maybe too almost edgy for the mainstream audience or I might be. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't you mean know. If, you mean if they, if they wound up emphasizing, essentially this is just guy is just a, he's, he's nobody. That aspect, how many Nazis were saved and uh, yeah. and lived amazing, prolific lives in the United States. At the same time, right. they could have They'd focused. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, which is almost more interesting considering the Ukrainian community, how many <laughs> basically anti-Semitic and right-wing and basically Nazi yeah. sympathizers are among those communities in America bef- back in the day during demonic times and now. So to make it a bit more, you know, kind of... <laughs> just uh like vital about what's happening now yeah connected to now and also what it actually means about it and not just yeah what does it mean about america america what is what's going on there yeah why they Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it's again it's like the last little bit of the of the last episode starts to get into that but Mm -hmm. then like it's just it's just just drops it it just yeah i mean it's look i mean they just they they it's just it's it's a bad it's like a bad product i don't know how else very bad but then that's why we have yasha on because i think i was about to say uh, that's where you come in yeah that's where you come in and i don't want to like now like linger more in the intricate like details of the show Uh it's a bad show but you can watch it's interesting first episode last episode in Mm. the middle yeah and you'll be done it's interesting because the guys i mean Mm -hmm. john demianuk is such a cool such a weird, scary he character. He looks like a killer. He's a weird. Doesn't he? He totally like looks like he should yeah. be on. What's the name of Fincher's uh, uh, serial killer show? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that one. It looks Mind like Hunter, he would you be mean? perfect. Is yes, Mind Mind Hunter, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. He's great. I mean, he's such a big dude. He's old, right? But he's so be- beefy and like strong. He's huge. Yeah, he's and a like huge a dude. Big, heavy head, like a bear. Like a bear, <laughs> and like and like a very good health, you know, and yeah, like and doing this tell. act and doing this and act. He has that, a smirk almost. He's crafty. Yes, he's got this crazy, creepy smile. Very weird. Yeah, and so he's yeah. like he's a total, clearly a sociopath, you know, and playing this kind of simpleton. And and mm-hmm. and and he, and he like and he's. I mean, he, it's it's interesting. Yeah, he fucks with all these. You know, with this, with a, with a, with a Holocaust survivor. He actually tries to shake his hand. He says shalom to oh, him. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. it's a, there's some great moments there. It's pretty interesting to watch. But like, it's in the end. Yeah, very uh, very unrewarding. I mean, the thing is, it's like there's. I think you know. I mean, there are different numbers. I mean, I know we like know for, for instance that there's like, fifteen hundred to a thousand. I think scientists came just with as part of this paperclip Nazi scientists then the CIA I think had their own like a thousand or, or so people from that it personally rescued from Nazi collaborators various Nazi collaborators and then part of the like wave of immigration um, that was that was allowed by the 1948 immigration uh, act this reform uh, bill was you know it could be in, in the thousands to the tens of thousands Nazi just mm-hmm. specifically Nazi collaborators and, and 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 war criminals and so I mean America so you have actually like I mean a lot of these people were I mean minor figures some of them were not not that minor most of them were not really involved in like the gov- government programs you know they weren't like you know 
in the CIA, mm-hmm. working with the CIA directly. Though they were anti-communist. That, that's one thing they're claiming. Yes, they, would, they were just they anti-communist. They present themselves yeah. to be anti-communist and then they'd be welcomed in. But, and you know, and I think... Kind of a weak part of the show, too. Yeah, like, okay, so they're anti-communist, so we let them in. So we let them in. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't... But, it, but you know, it's interesting because in America, yeah, the 1948 bill... Um, I mean, I think one of the reasons why they were, they were able to sell it is because, like, uh, they were. If you said that you're a farmer, or if you have experience working on a farm, you were like there was a special category for you, and you were allowed in. Like, uh, there was like you know they made like a, a sixty thousand farmers that that were stuck in these displaced displaced persons camps, and I, and all of them went to farms in the Midwest. You know, it's basically cheap labor, um, and so there's like, you know, there's a, there's all these different kind of. Um, yeah, like I think Demyanyuk uh, went first, like ended up at a farm, and his job was castrating piglets. Oh wow! So it's like a kind wow. of an interesting transition, interesting from killing Damn. Jews to castrating piglets. Yes. So wow. he was a, a, a they pro, left that a pro out. at that. That wasn't mentioned, was it? I don't I think so. I would no. remember that. <laughs> so no. I mean, he, he must have been good at his job, but uh, but I I read that he was very unhappy with, with the job. He didn't like it because he wasn't really a uh-huh. farmer because he basically lied because everyone lied. Everyone yeah. said they're farmers, but because you get preference preferential sort of uh, you get oh. moved to the front of the line, and so he ended uh-huh. up and all the farmers that came there and got put on the jobs they had no idea what they were doing actually. Oh. <laughs> That's a good comedy. That is by pretty the way. funny. All these Nazis <laughs> like I'm a farmer, yeah, yeah, and they come to a farm and they have no idea what's happening, and I they don't came know and milk, milk a cow. cow. You know, yeah. <laughs> They're like, I can oh, kill Jews, but I can't kill. kill. <laughs> but, like, oh my god! Killing, oh, killing wow. chickens, man. Oh, uh, castrating pigs. How could anyone leave that out? That's so. That's, that's, that's a great one. Wow. And then so he got found a job at the Ford factory. Um, yeah. And so, and you know, and like lived this really an, kind of an American dream, right? He had a great job, a well house, paid, yeah, a house, class house, you know, family, the whole yeah neighborhood all yeah that jazz yeah and so he's yeah. just a nobody you know but like but they don't even yeah but 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 he is an interesting character for sure you know i was reading up on it and, and there was actually i i haven't seen this movie but i remember when it came out called the music box that was supposedly partially based on this really it's got oh. jessica lang and she winds up she but she's a lawyer of course they turn it into totally hollywood defending her own father who's been accused of being a nazi oh that's interesting and at first she totally believes in him but by the end of course she realizes he is who He's being accused of. Oh. So they just, you know, got it was loosely inspired by supposedly this case. Yeah, what would you do if you found out your father the, was yes, a and, Nazi and the murderer. documentary does keep playing that up, like you know, what would you do in showing the family? And oh my God, of course it's not him. He's so nice. <laughs> He's such a nice man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. And it's they, like, um, um, yeah. It's there's just I mean, America has just like, in fact, you know what's interesting is that. Um, so okay, so um, there's a couple of profiles in the in the nation about uh, the foreign policy advisors of Warren and um, and, uh, Ber- Ber- and and Bernie Sanders, and both mm-hmm. of them ha- are actually come, f- uh, you know, their grandparents like came out of displaced persons camps. One of them mm-hmm. was a like a Russian Orthodox, uh, mm-hmm. so potentially could be so they so the family maybe uh, was was kind of like could have been like a Dimyanyuk type of type of character. Um, that ended up somehow in the displaced persons camps could be part of the Vlasov army. The Vlasov army actually, Demyanyuk was, a, was served in the Vlasov's army, which was this army that was um, Andrei Vlasov, right? Is his name? Vlasov? No. I think it's Andrei. Is it Andrei? I don't, yeah, yeah, Andrei Vlasov. It's, he was the Soviet general who got ca- captured and then was basically the Nazi Germany yeah, put him Andrei in charge him. of this sort of like ethnically Russian or whatever Ukrainian sort of 
division with the Vlasov's army, right? That would be, it would be anti-Soviet and would fight for Nazi Germany. And mm-hmm. so I know that for a bit, uh, Demyanyuk was in this army. Uh, I don't know if he fought or not before he was mm-hmm. sent to the camps. Um, but, but anyway, so what I'm saying is that like both Bernie Sanders and uh, Elizabeth Warren foreign policy advisors uh, come from families that have similar trajectories Hmm. to the wow. Demyanyuk family. And now I'm not I don't know if they were collaborators. I mean they could have been just, you know, ended up as being slave laborers in some, you know, in Germany and so that they just decided to stay and, and not repatriate back to their, you know, to wherever they came from to mm-hmm. Ukraine and to Russia. But usually the ones who didn't repatriate did so because of you know, their wartime activities. Um, mm-hmm. not, not, so it's, so it's pretty interesting, you know, like, so there's a lot of wow, these how'd families. how'd you find that out? That's amazing. Yeah. It's a lot of these families how'd, are like that. And so, I mean, and, and, and there could be, no, you know, they, again, they could be like nobodies and maybe they didn't do anything, you know, mm-hmm. particularly bad. What are your sources? Um, I mean, I just, I just, well, actually these two horrible, uh, pandering profiles in the mm-hmm. nation. Just basically, yeah. uh, just that. Yeah, that like really, uh, yeah, pandering to the to the Warren campaign in particular. Uh, but it just mm-hmm. there's just the one or two lines about their past and got it. And uh, yeah, so Bernie wow. Sanders, uh, this guy Matt Duss, who is like who is actually criticized by the sort of the anti-imperialist left, um, you know, anti-war left because he's got this mm-hmm. kind of weird progressive imperialist st- stuff that mm-hmm. he says. You know, is like he's like he's got this kind of. He's problematic a little bit, you know, uh, on the Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. campaign. But he comes from a family of kulaks who were ended wow. up in, uh, yeah, who ended up in the displaced persons camps. You know? Wow. Yeah. So Ukrainian kulaks, and he openly admits that. So, and he works for Bernie Sanders. So, a f- kulak family works for Bernie Sanders. Well, not all. <laughs> not <kidding>. all kulaks. <laughs> <laughs> not all kulaks is the Word. hashtag. Then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, so but I, I mean, yeah, so these people like really are everywhere um, in in uh, in America, like, and so it's like you scratch the surface, and what I don't know. I mean, obviously, the kids shouldn't be the kids or the grandkids aren't like responsible for their fa- for for mm-hmm. what their grandparents did, right? Uh, but but uh, isn't it interesting? You've been writing recently about it. it's a bit off topic, but still, Christina Freeland, like, but at the same time, if the grandkids are very supportive of her, of their grandfather's policies and yeah. activities, I mean, what does it really say about them? Yeah, I and mean, what if, you know? So no, exactly. I mean, sometimes you know this stuff is gets transmitted. The, Generations the, the world, worldviews and and politics get transmitted from generation to generation, especially when you have these very tight knit immigrant communities that are very. Um, you know that are very concerned with keeping their culture um, with 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 uh, mm-hmm. being tied to their nationalist ident- identity, mm-hmm. um, and especially the, the kind of the more educated um, uh, part of that, like the immigrant community that that came over here and that actually believed, you know, that were actually part of the movement for of to create this nationalist world, you know, um, like in Ukraine or in in Poland or wherever. That, that those things stay in the family pretty strongly and they do infect um, and get tra- transmitted down to the g- generations. And so like you have kids like, yeah, their grandkids who are very anti-communist, anti-Soviet, anti-Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, and if these people get, get into positions of power, like in the case of Christia Freeland, who's the deputy prime minister of Canada uh, and was the foreign minister of Canada, um, she, you know, those politics, those nationalist emigrate politics uh, of her Nazi collaborator grandfather actually do in, inform her 
politics today and inform the way that she sees Russia. So they inform, you know, suddenly Canada's uh, foreign policy towards Russia. And so these things do have an effect. So actually, the interesting thing would be also to somehow mention, if you make a story about Damien Newcomb in the series, that the sentiment of the sort of Nazi sympathizer sentiment is, is wide, widely spread um, among generally the Ukrainian diaspora, I would yeah. even say, yeah. throughout North America. It doesn't matter, I guess, Canada, America, wherever they ended up. And, and yeah, that is interesting. And now it made me think when you mentioned how tight and kind of self-preserving um, Ukrainian diaspora is, uh, isn't it bizarre that the Russians are not like that at all? Actually, mm-hmm. it's, it shows you the complete defeat of any kind of, I don't even know, can you even say Russian diaspora? It's almost non-existent in, in the, culturally, yeah. in a sense. There's some kind of like Jewish identity that the Russian refugees and immigrants um, retained, but no one at all tried to retain outside of white Russians back back in the day, uh, the language, the culture, and no one is proud to be Russian, while a lot of people are proud to be Ukrainians and frequently actually Nazi collaborators, what it really means. Yeah, it no, it's, like. exactly. Because the, because I'll tell you, it's interesting because Russia, well, because there are some like that. There were like, you know, like Paul Klebnikov, you know, the Forbes journalist who... White. Yeah, you know, I, I brought up that point. He's yeah. actually white Russian. Yeah, like Outside white Russians. Outside of those, that's not a yeah, Ah, exactly. So white, yeah, exactly. The white Russians, they tried to actually come back to Russia, but they didn't really... Some of them succeeded. No, some of them back, but also preserve the culture. There's yeah. some sort of, you know, because, because, because it, It's interesting because like Russia, what is, what is being Russian actually? It's like weird because it's an imperial, it's actually an empire. And so they actually clashed. You know, there was all these problems. I know that the CIA had a lot of problems managing these different nationalities. Because let's say if you're like you're like a, an anti-communist Russian, you won't get along with an anti-communist Ukrainian if you're like both living in America. Because you, as an anti-communist Russian, want to restore a Russia, the Russian Empire. <laughs> And the Ukraine is like, fuck you, I want to have my own Ukraine. And so you actually are clashing all the time. So there's inter, inter, they wouldn't even like, you know, they couldn't even agree on what to name their like umbrella group that would represent. Anti-communist college. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because because the, because they some some people wanted to, you know, have Russia in the name. And then like, obviously the Ukrainians are like, no, we can't have Russia in the name. And so they would have be, there would be this fight. I mean, that would last for years. And, and so you actually have it. So yeah, and Russia is because, yeah, and I agree. It's interesting that Russians couldn't maintain this kind of... Um, and didn't want to. Yeah, and, and they were a lot more dispersed because I think that they gravitated to their national groups. So if which are Jewish? Which, well, or like Ukrainians, because there's actually, you know, Russia has all these different Yeah, Russians groups. are Ukrainians yeah. too. Or, you know, there would be like the Crimean Tatars, you know, who be, suddenly... Are, That's true. Now you're like a, you know, part of the Tatar national group. And so I think a lot of these, a lot of the people who are, yeah exiled were we used like yeah their nationality as a as an idea as an as, a, as an organizing well, factor but i don't no, it actually makes sense it, sorry, central i'll just quickly finish the thought mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense so white russians could kind of get together and be sort of russian orthodox slash aristocratic slash i don't know what and gather around that then ukrainians around their own i don't know ethnic identity but actually being sort of a russian from soviet union especially the one who rejects communism and flees and, and all that and experience it's it actually what does it even mean then that basically because in a way mm-hmm. soviet Union was kind of a religion, like they had a, a version of uh, basically secular religion. If you, if you, that was the organizing honest. principle. Yeah, that is the united principle. And if you reject yeah. that, there is nothing left behind. What's even there? So whatever your na- whatever your list, so na- nationalist you fall identity, into your national yeah. identity. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the only way to retain that is actually to remain a communist. Yeah, <laughs> and right. then get around that. But yeah, but, but you were not happen. you were not allowed to be in America. You, of I mean, course, that's what I mean. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know what's actually speaking of the deportations. You know, it's you know it's kind of funny. Like 
you know how how easy it is for you know for like ICE to come and raid a person to deport them, right? Mm-hmm. Like how hard it is to deport someone like Demyanyuk? Yes. You know, God, I mean, like, trouble. what the hell? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like a, a process that's that spans years and years and years, and, well, and communities. And, yeah, there and, like, to and help then they you. then they even take you back in after you like after you were yes. acquitted. Like, can you imagine, like, you know, an, a, like a Mexican immigrant who who is deported? You know, that kind of they don't get that kind of uh, that, that like white glove treatment, that kind of VIP treatment at all. Exactly. And so yeah. that's the thing about these these like Nazi Nazi collaborators, like suspected Nazi collaborators. They're they're always treated with such deference and such respect mm-hmm. and, and like and it's 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 kind of incredible. I mean, I know, you know, well, and con- there's, there's such a horror over what if it's the wrong you know, one, that's the whole drama that everyone gets into in the documentary. What if it's not? But he's but one you know, of them anyway. I mean, what's the big right? deal? Yes. Even when yeah. they demonstrate, he, he was there. <laughs> he was a guard. Everyone's still like, but he's not Ivan. Yeah, um, yeah but, but exactly. Ivan. There's going to be none of that hysteria over, you know, ice grabbing whoever. Off just the separating kids and just, yeah, I mean, like oh, the whole, yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, and that shows the actual, again, like. Well, someone should say it, yeah. Racism. <laughs> Fascist. Yeah, America's yeah. fucking fascist. I mean, I mean, really, it, it is because it's anti-communist, it's anti-left. I mean, not all of America, but mm-hmm. the, the kind of the prevailing culture is extremely, mm-hmm. you know, fascist uh, adjacent. Yeah, that's probably well, yeah. more accurate. Yeah. I mean, no, adjacent. I mean, it's pretty fascist. I'd say. I mean, it's but like also, the, it, it, it's interesting. Has elements Again, of fascism yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. Probably not probably a lot a lot about it. Right up until uh, America joined, sort of Second World War, there were a lot of pro-Nazi sympathies yeah oh, a lot Very of people here so yeah. I don't know if they ever fully like stopped I mean look Nazi Germany took a lot of the concepts that were actually de- uh, developed in America or in, developed in, in, in America yeah developed, <laughs> developed in America and it's sort of like eugenics what's that <laughs> yeah, yeah. eugenics eugenics, eugenics yeah. the, basically yeah. uh, a genocide and, and, and the sort mm-hmm. of colonial mindset because I mean look yeah. not Hitler openly compared like what they're going to do to the Jews and to the Russians and to Ukrainians basically to call the population to what you know America did to the Native Americans and Native that Americans, if you actually yeah. do it once you do it no one that's it like no people can com- complain and call you monsters but not, that's too, it's too late at that point and he compared mm-hmm. like you know Crimea and parts of uh Parts of uh, Ukraine that were on the, that are on the Black Sea would be like you know Germany's California, and he and he you know envisioned this sort of highway network that would divide that would connect you know Germany proper to these to what would be this you know to be what would be a German continent right I mean that's the, that he I, he looked at like the project as a very colonial. Uh, project that and took inspiration from America, and so like what the Nazis did really was they took this all these ideas and they packaged them in a nice, you know, had good design, you know, had good designers, good slogans. <laughs> they did, and they, they kind of and they and they took it too far, it. basically. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a, a bit too far, right? And then they kind of fucked it up for all everyone else. At, at, at that point, like it was, it wasn't cool to be, you know, to believe in eugenics like it was right before the war happened. Uh, it wasn't like respectable anymore because it was connected to the Nazis, and so they, they, yeah. But they just the ideas that were are very American, you know. This belief in the strong leader, this belief in the corp, this kind of corporate culture, um, the belief in some kind of, you know, uh, almost a almost a, like a spiritual destiny, right, to to conquer the world and to remake the world in your own image, manifest um, destiny. Yeah, and to and but even now it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's like. 
So yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the. But I think it's yeah. interesting if you're an ignorant American because, of course, there's this kind of Neo McCarthy lingering notion that if anything, one you know, there's a tendency it seems like to think of Russians as a kind of monolith that's still vaguely communistic, mm-hmm. and Ukraine. The surprise seems to be more that. Ukraine is constantly popping up all the time. Yes. I think most Americans are totally bewildered by that. Like, what is like it? Ukraine yeah. again? Yes. What the hell is this thing with Ukraine all the time? <laughs> so you're really doing a service with, like, writing about about all of the connecting the dots of, of why is it always back to Ukraine again? Yeah, totally. Like no, I mean, yeah. the yeah. trial, and you keep hearing about, like, somehow it's all, it's all centering. We must why? defend Ukraine. You know, Ukraine, yes. I mean, it's like Ukraine is the battlefield between good and evil, you know, as as where it happens. If you lose Ukraine, the, the evil wins, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that's the, um, that's the, um, yeah. Well, that's, if you lose Ukraine, Vladimir Putin will take over Europe and then the world. Yes, that's, I mean, that's, that's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah, we have to, to kill the Russians there <laughs> yeah. so we don't have to kill them here. I mean, that's the, that, that was, that's <laughs> the line from the impeachment hearings. Oh, God. I know, and so, and so yeah, and so uh, it, it's kind of cool that this, documentary actually hit right during the uh, right in the run-up to the impeachment hearings right um but it 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 didn't explain anything it didn't put anything into context it just sort of like gives you a view into this one kind of scary dude i mean i definitely would not want to meet him in a in a alley in in like a nazi extermination camp Mm -hmm. you know because he's like yeah i mean he's a he's a scary dude uh but and he's interesting but like beyond that there's it's just it's so it's such a i was really upset like it's hard to kill him Yes. Like, there's mm-hmm. some sense. You'd be hard to stab him, <laughs> yeah, even, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, you'd stab mm-hmm. him and it would just have no effect on him because he's just so... He'd just keep coming like for it. Like thick skin. Somehow. Yeah, he's like thick skin. It's like just a little, <laughs> like, like a little cut. Just like a little cut. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. We'll take like five Jews to stab him. I know, you'd have to like... You'd have, you'd have, or like a hundred Jews to just <laughs> like mob just him. take yeah. him down. <laughs> yeah, that's how he, scary he looks. <laughs> Actually, good presence. I don't know who is doing casting for the documentary. Yeah. He has pretty, uh, you know. <laughs> he, and, he, and he was doing this sort of Goodfellas routine, right? Where like, I'm just an old man. I don't know where you, you know, yeah, yes. I'm in a wheelchair. They even complimented him mm-hmm. and saying, well, he's a good actor. Exactly. He's, he's had to do it all his life. So he's, he's very effective. No, and, and that was the great part was he was actually just pretending like he was in a coma at some point. Yes. <laughs> it, got, it got rolled in on a gurney, basically in a bed covered with blankets yeah. into this courtroom with his hands folded on his chest and he's yeah. basically and he's almost like sucking on his gums you know like pretending like he's yes. totally he's pretty good I mean, you gotta say he is a good actor uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yeah so oh yeah you know yeah well yeah well I hope you write this up because it's really it's really yeah. fascinating I think. but I think as a closing remarks besides that everyone should subscribe to Immigrants as a Weapon if you guys haven't where Yasha writes extensively about subjects like this but also uh, I guess briefly now but do you want to talk about the other documentary you're oh, pursuing definitely. oh the uh, pistachio wars yeah just briefly yeah. in terms of where because oh, yeah. people, people are waiting. You're winding it up, yeah. Yeah, no, we're getting a lot of complaints. Actually, getting a lot of complaints. Uh, for some reason, right? it comes in waves. There's a wave of complaints on Twitter and Facebook. People are people are asking me if it was sold out to the, to the Resnicks. Uh, basically, yeah, the documentary is about uh, water in California and these sort of these billionaires who have privatized the water. These pistachio billionaires who live in Beverly Hills. They're these kind of weird characters. Um, they're Jews, you know. They're just... <laughs> Um, no, they're, they're Jewish Americans, and they are these—they they are, you know, my people. Um, and they, um, 
and so there are these billionaires who have, are who've made a, a fortune by growing pistachios and actually overtaking Iran now uh, in, in pistachio produ- production and export, and, so, yeah. and export. And they have um, they've basically privatized the water and are just completely destroying California uh, with their with this crop uh, that they're growing for mostly for export. And so the the documentary is about them, but it's also about the history of water in California and how. California has always been sort of controlled by this small and very little known group of very, very wealthy uh, farmers, you know, these oligarch farmers that have really shaped politics um, and that, uh, you know, uh, like the real power center is not, it's in Hollywood and and Silicon Valley, sure, but like the real, real power center is, is with the farmers because they control the water and they can, and they, and they own, and they own all the land. And so in California, you know, if you've ever lived in California, you know that nothing happens without real estate and water. Like these are the two main things that power this the state. And so, um, we've been yeah we've been having a lot of trouble with the, with the edit. Uh, it's been hard to, you know, fashion the the, the all the stuff that we shot into kind of a, a narrative a story that's easily that's understandable that it isn't overloaded that we aren't overburdening people because it's such a complicated topic. Um, that we've like find ourselves kind of always lost in the in the in the weeds, and so but we're making it. Hopefully, we'll we'll have a um, you know a cut uh, ready by by the end of the year. So you know the year just began. <laughs> but did it, you see the headline that Trump just signed off on? Like basically saying, "Here, have all the water." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's like yes, wow. it's 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 pre- it's actually pretty brutal because the, the yeah, yeah what they're what they're doing. So these these farmers, uh, these water districts, they have you know contracts with um, the state to deliver a certain amount of water, and and the government can amend those contracts depending on the availability of water uh, that that give that year. And because you know in California, water is extremely irregular. These big periods of drought, um, and, and and so. Lately, you know, during the period of drought, a lot of those contracts have been, um, you know, uh, lowered, you know, uh, and so they're not getting their full amount that they're supposed to get. And so, from what I understand, yeah, the Trump administration has basically allowed them these these uh, farmers to, um, by pay by paying a bunch of money up front, um, mm-hmm. they can convert those contracts from being. Um, um, sort of temporary and that could be re- renegotiated uh, mm-hmm. uh, on an ongoing basis into permanent contracts. So even if there's not enough water, like you'll drain Sacramento River just to give them the water. You know, like you'll right. you'll completely drain all the water from from all the rivers uh, and destroy the environment. You know, even more completely than it's already destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just to del- make sure that they're getting their deliveries. And so it's like, you know, what, what's what's remarkable about that is that like while you know the liberal sort of de- liberal democrats are not really against this i mean that's the whole that's the kind of the the what you figure out in california is that both the democratic party um and the republican party you know uh, such as it is in, in california they're totally on board with the farmers you know and so like you have gavin newsom the governor who's like taking the st- stand against trump publicly but privately and they're not really doing anything to stop him you know they're they're right. really dragging their feet they're, they're, so they're supposed to file a lawsuit to try to stop the federal government from doing this, but they haven't. And so you see this kind of fake opposition um, where, 
uh, agriculture interests in California are supported by both parties completely. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and so the Trump is basically giving them what they've always wanted and, and what, like, Democrats have kind of given them, you know, mo mo most of it anyway. Most but of what they always wanted. Exactly. Just Trump is <laughs> yeah. doing that extra step, you know, that, that you're not, yeah. like, really supposed to do. Um, mm -hmm. so he go, he's always just turns it up one, one more, you know, he, he, mm -hmm. he turns it up to 11, right. Whereas they've right. always, and so it's like, a, it's like a shocker, but it doesn't surprise me. And, and I doubt that Democrats are actually going to do anything, uh, because wouldn't it be good for a film. I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't think it actually changes much on the ground. I mean, you know, maybe we can, yeah, maybe we can work into because it. Because people are probably going to be more aware of that and more pissed Not off. Not really. But I don't know. I'm because just, people don't know anything about water and like, you know, the headline yeah, makes news. Yeah, but Trump is a lightning rod of interest, you know. It's true, but you know, Even Trump is a like fake resistance shit. Exactly, so. it's fake resistance shit and they're not going to remember anything, you know, this, this headline but is going to be... But they're more interested if Trump did it than if somebody else did it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it can be a headline. It can, you can get the outrage on it, you know, the mm. Trump administration, yes. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, what's crazy, you know, in, in LA now where we're here, um, um, you know, the, the liberal anti-Trump mayor, um, uh, Eric Garcetti, right? He's working with the Trump administration to fix the homeless problem in, in LA while, oh while, while, you know, critic, criticizing him. And what the Trump administration wants to do is to ship all just the homeless people to the desert into these camps yeah. you know it's basically what they uh, want to do and so like you have this you know this fake resistance stuff again like yeah you have yeah. the them criticizing trump publicly but actually when it comes down to policy and actually they actually see eye to eye on a lot of things which is you know you want to get rid of the homeless problem by not solving it by by just removing it from from view right right and so it's like you see this stuff all the time and the same thing with with water um so yeah so the, the documentary is going to be coming I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it's taken. I mean, I, I never really. That would be the first documentary that that, that I made that I that I would be involved in, and, and I knew that like documentaries can drag for a long period of time, but like this is really getting ridiculous. Five years, Five years. to make just one. Wow, just one. Yes. God. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. a bit of a character from uh, you know Genia's uh, sat satirical uh, short film. <laughs> from Changemaker. Uh, yeah, I am a change maker. You are. I, I have been working on this film for a long, long time. You know, <laughs> I really care about the issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really frustrated. We all uh, do. Yes, I, I really want to get into Sundance. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping here. Yeah. But you want to start a conversation that raise awareness. I want yes, raise awareness. Yes. Raising conversation. Yes. No. Yes. Start, start, start a conversation and raise awareness. awareness. And raise awareness. It's, it's what I live for. Yeah. And yes. that's why. Uh, that's why I'm so uh, pure. Um, grateful for the opportunity to come here and to talk about these important <laughs> issues to raise awareness and to talk to the wow. podcasting community <laughs> because this is all about really community it, right? this is good this is all about community this is yes. the most important thing yeah we will try to spread the word yes thank you you're doing such an amazing job God's both work. of you yes. indeed <laughs> indeed <laughs> okay I think um, I think we're We're done. I think we're done. We're a little over, but I think it's fun. Yeah. It's good. Cool. That was fun. <laughs> Very meaty interview. Thank you, Yash. It was great. Yeah, thank you. Thank Thanks you for a lot. Coming. Yeah. We if might you ever need a filler, you. if you ever need a if you ever just need some guy to just to <laughs> say stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm sure we will. So you know, as soon as the movie is like done and whatever and it's time yeah, to you and Rowan come right come back over. on. That mm -hmm. would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's but, a lot. Okay. but yeah, jokes aside, yeah, I think it, okay. it is actually an important documentary. And no, all. no, I know, but some, I mean, you know, look, we got we can't take ourselves too seriously, you know, uh, because it's like, 
I don't know, like raising awareness. I mean, it's like, you know, just, just burn everything down already, you know? Also like, get the information yeah. out there. No, but burn it down, but in a very, uh, in a sustainable manner. <laughs> <laughs> because I do believe, I do believe that, you know, I see all these people burning stuff and I think like, mm -hmm. oh, that's not sustainable. No. That's a very, uh, uh, yes, the revolution is good, but it should be done in a sustainable manner. Yeah. See, have you, have you considered a political career yet? <laughs> you really actually, you, you get a really nice mellow tone in your voice when you say this kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> but that's when he actually jokes it's like the mean tone I know but I it know. sounds very compelling <laughs> <laughs> only if you can assume this persona and just go yes, for it and, and that keep it successful going. yeah so I'd just be the guy yeah. who t you know it's like uh, have you considered getting your revolution uh, uh, like uh, like uh, what is it certified um, you know organic and, and uh, sustainable yeah and sustainable. sustainable. Man. Uh, uh, all right. All right. That's it. Cool. Okay. Uh, thanks. And uh, and now, since we're weekly, we'll uh, see you next week with a, yes, with another week. exciting guest. Actually, yeah, that's right. Are we gonna tell them, or we're just gonna um, spring it up? No, let's let's not. What do you think? We'll make it a surprise. Yeah. Okay. It will be a surprise. He's actually a really cool guest. <laughs> Very cool guest. It is. I'm actually kind of I'm kind of shocked that he's coming on because like it means you're a big deal. I used my yeah. connections to Yasha to get to the guest. But I oh yeah. He's a fellow Russian, but I won't say <laughs> oh. anymore. Okay. No, we'll say no more. Oh. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's it. Okay. Bye. <laughs>